Okay, so my name is Melissa Gibson. I think we've covered that. Um, I've been attending here for about four years. Right now I'm board president, um, restroom housekeeper, <laughs> newsletter editor. So this service, it might seem more appropriate for Women's History Month in March, but as I've discovered, this whole being a woman thing happens more than just one month out of the year, or even just a few days out of every month. The war on women doesn't exist according to Vox News and people like Mike Huckabee and Rand Paul and Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh, who suggested that the best way to stop abortions was to perform them with a gun. But I'm here to say that the war on women is real. And I know this because Emma Sakalswitz is carrying a mattress with her all over Columbia University. She says she was raped, and the university says they've handled it, but her rapist remains on campus despite the fact that two other young women have come forward to say that he raped them too. USC, Dartmouth, UNC Chapel Hill, and many more universities across the country are under federal investigation for Title IX complaints. I know the war on women is real because of the NFL. A few weeks ago, video was released of Baltimore Ravens Ray Rice punching his then fiance in the face. He knocked her unconscious in a single blow and then dragged her out of the elevator. The HBO news comedy show last week tonight with John Oliver, showed a video montage of NFL players expressing their outrage, saying, what if that had been my daughter? What if that had been my mother? What if that had been my sister? And what the host, John Oliver, wanted to know, and what I want to know too is, why does it have to be your daughter or your mother or your sister for you to find domestic violence inexcusable? How about this happened to Janae Palmer, and it's reprehensible? It is horrible that it happened to her. It doesn't have to happen to my mother or my daughter for me to be outraged. Domestic violence arrests make up nearly half of all violent crimes that NFL players are arrested for, compared to 21% for the general population. Rice was originally suspended for just two games, but when TMZ released the video, his punishment was indefinite suspension from the NFL a punishment only handed to a handful of players in the NFL's nearly 70-year history. I know the war on women is real because Ray Rice was not suspended indefinitely for punching Janae Palmer. He was suspended indefinitely because there was video of it. NFL players and the high incidences of domestic violence is not news to the NFL, but that undeniably graphic video is something new, and magically, so is the NFL's response. I know the war on women is real because in April, the Equal Pay Amendment was defeated in Congress by six votes. All camps towed the party lines, including four women, four congresswomen from the Republican Party who voted no. The congresswoman from Maine, Susan Collins, said she believes that current laws are adequate. Never mind study after study that finds that white women make 77 cents to every white man's dollar, and it's even worse for black women and still worse for Hispanic women. Interesting fact. These four congressmen make $174,000 a year, the exact same as all their male colleagues. I guess when equal pay is in effect for your job, you can afford to vote that way. I know the war on women is real because judgments restricting female employees' access to their earned health care benefits are coming down in favor of a corporation's religious rights. Privately owned employers want to pick and choose what forms of birth control they cover based on the company's deeply held religious beliefs. 
There are currently 18 for-profit companies denying or trying to deny their employees their earned health care coverage. Hobby Lobby is the most notable employer in our region, and until Hobby Lobby can be raped or deal with menstrual cramps, I encourage you not to shop there. And I'm a big crafter, and I'm not going back. I know the war on women is real because at the state level, more than 225 restrictions have been put on abortion providers since 2012. More abortion restrictions have been passed in the last three years than the entire decade before it. The Guttmiker Institute has been doing research, analysis, and education on sexual and reproductive health for more than 50 years. In 2000, they labeled only two states as hostile to abortion rights. They define hostile as states having five or more restrictions on abortion providers. So in 2000, does anyone want to guess what two states were hostile? Hmm? No? Mississippi and Utah. Not, not shocking, right? And in 2013, just 13 years later, does anyone want to guess how many states were labeled hostile? 32. Anyone else? 26, more than half. And does anyone want to guess which state in 2013 was titled with the most, as the most hostile? Louisiana. Our state places the most restrictions on abortion providers in the country. Of course, that was in 2013, and unfortunately, I'm sure there's many states vying for that title. I know the war on women is real because at the end of this month, Texas is on track to have six abortion clinics. Six for the entire state. And I don't know if you've driven through Texas, but it's really big. On October 1st, the law, that one Wendy Davis famously filibustered once, goes into full effect and requires abortion facilities to meet the same standards as surgical centers that accept ambulances. Their clinicians must also have admitting privileges at nearby hospitals. These laws are not about health. The risk of dying during childbirth is 11 times greater than the risk of dying during a legal abortion. Yet Texas has the 23rd highest maternal mortality rate in the U.S. Countries like Ukraine, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Serbia have less women dying from childbirth complications than the state of Texas. And just as an FYI, Louisiana has the seventh highest maternal mortality rate in the country. But I don't see any demonstrators outside Willis Knighton or Christus Schumpert. These restrictions on abortion providers are not about protecting women's health. Some states have restrictions on abortion providers that dictate the size of the clinic's parking lot, the height of their grass, and the temperature of patients' rooms. These laws are about making it more difficult for health centers that provide abortions to stay open. And I know the war on women is real because the poorest area of Texas the Rio Grande Valley near the Mexican border will have no remaining abortion clinics come Wednesday. Women will have to travel roughly 240 miles one way to San Antonio to get to the nearest clinic. Many of them are Mexican immigrants with restrictions on their work visas that prevent them from traveling that far. To add insult to injury, Texas recently cut funding for women's health clinics, forcing 76 clinics to close. None of these clinics provided abortions. They prevented them. They provided birth control and other health services such as pap smears. IBIS Reproductive Health, an international nonprofit focused on health research and policy, is currently studying the impact of these laws, the, the impact of these laws and their 
on women in Texas. Vice President of Research Dan Grossman said, we've heard reports of women taking herbs and other substances or intentionally getting punched in the stomach or beaten up, the same kinds of things they did before abortion was legal. I know the war on women is real because people are crossing the border to purchase misoprostol from Mexican pharmacies. It's advertised as an ulcer medication, but also has a fairly high success rate at inducing miscarriages during the first nine weeks of pregnancy. Abortion is illegal in Mexico, and Texas used to be a safe haven for Mexican women seeking legal, safe abortions, but now traffic is going the other way. Earlier this month, a Pennsylvania mother started serving a 9- to 18-month prison sentence for purchasing a similar drug online for her then 16-year-old daughter. Why didn't they just go to the abortion clinic? Because the closest one was 74 miles away. Because the 24-hour waiting period required in Pennsylvania meant two trips or a night in a hotel, expenses and time off the family really couldn't afford. Because the family had one vehicle and the daughter wasn't ready to share the news with her dad. So the mother did what she thought was best, not even aware that the pills she was able to so easily order online were illegal. The mother will now have a felony conviction on her record, but her daughter is in college and doing well. I know the war on women is real because pro-life extremists have killed eight abortion providers, escorts, and staff since 1993. There have also been 17 attempted murders, 383 death threats, 153 incidences of assault or battery, and three kidnappings. At clinics, 41 bombings, 173 arsons, 91 attempted bombings or arsons, 619 bomb threats, more than 1,600 incidences of trespassing, more than 1,200 incidences of vandalism, and 100 attacks with butyric acid. These are just the incidences that get recorded because not every local police department is eager to help their neighborhood abortion clinic. What about this violence suggests concern for life? How is restricting access to safe, legal abortions about life? It kills women and girls, women and girls who will go to any length to end an unwanted pregnancy, women and girls who will take an ulcer medication from Mexico, women and girls who will douche with lye, cleaning fluids, and boiling water, Women and girls who will stab their insides with coat hangers and knitting needles. That is not life. I know the war on women is real because I won't put a pro-choice bumper sticker on my car, and I never have. I'm scared of vandalism, of being harassed, or even getting shot, and I know I'm not alone. Because while we church members here love our bumper stickers, I've never personally seen a pro-choice bumper sticker in the parking lot. Meanwhile, every time I'm stuck in traffic on Uri Drive, I'm surrounded by pro-life Louisiana and I'm pro-life and I vote, and I fight the urge to flick them off. In her book, The Common Secret, abortion provider Dr. Susan Wickland tells the story of an abortion clinic being bankrupted by legal battles. In a last-ditch effort, the clinic owner placed a full-page ad in the local newspaper, and it read, Where are you? Where are all the people we've helped over the years? We need you now. When you needed us, we were there. We held your hand and supported you. We see you in restaurants and at the grocery store, at PTA meetings and softball games. You are the business people, the school officials, the politicians, the voters. We kept you safe. We held your secrets. But now we need your help. Where are you? Where are you? I know the war on women is real, because after nearly 20 years of bipartisan support, 
The Violence Against Women Act took a year of political battles to be renewed in 2013. The big stink? Because the Violence Against Women Act would also provide protections to lesbian couples, transgender women, and women and girls in our country who also happen to be undocumented immigrants. Some of our elected officials thought it was better to see more than half of the population of the United States suffer because they couldn't stand to extend some mercy and protection to women who love women, women born in the wrong body, and women born in the wrong country. When I agreed, I'm almost done. <laughs> when I agreed to do this sermon, I didn't know I'd be standing up here speaking about the war on women. My original idea was religious justification for reproductive freedom, which is still a pretty risque topic in most churches, but a pretty safe one here. I didn't want to be too bold or too out there, but while I was prepping for this sermon, I was just overwhelmed with the blatant oppression I was witnessing via television and social media. Emma's mattress, the Ray Rice video, the traitors in Washington that vote against women's interest, the constant attacks on women's reproductive choices. I couldn't ignore it. The war on women is real, and if you don't know that, then you haven't been paying attention. Thank you.